Somebody come get them. They're too old for TikTok. Hello and welcome to Too Old for TikTok. It's episode 153 and this is dropping on February 29th. A leap year. How do you feel about leap years, Catalina? About leap years specifically, I don't have any particular feelings, I'd say. This leap year, I'm happy because I have something due in February. Oh, so you get an extra day. Yeah, although I already emailed them being like, I'll be sending it to you this week or the next. And (laughs) they didn't care at all. So I'll try to finish it this week, but... So yeah, it's giving me an extra day to be within my deadline, but it also doesn't matter. How do you feel about leap years? I think that the government and all businesses, everything, we should get a holiday. It should be just a free non-working day because I realize I actually don't get paid for working an extra day of the week because it's like, you know, I think it's based on like I get paid like two times per month, basically. So that extra day is free. I don't know if that's actually factual. I don't but think that's I'm factual. That. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if anything, are you paid daily or weekly? Because February is a shorter month anyway. So if anything, you're getting paid more I'm money paid in yearly. February. I don't know. You know what? That's how I like to think of it. Yeah. And that's why I think like if I ran for mayor or governor or something, my platform would be make any February 29th a bank holiday. Well, that's kind of like the rent is too damn high guy in New York City. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is a lot of arguments against daylight savings time. Right. That was the whole plot of Veep one year, which mm. is hilarious. And then mm-hmm. someone actually did decide to run on that, I think. I forget who it is. You want to hear a fun fact about the time zone in Spain? Yes, I'd love to. The reason that it's on the same time zone as more western europe and not um like portugal and england which are like england's like directly above it is because Mm -hmm. they wanted to be on the same time zone as the axis powers oh i mean that makes sense politics yeah isn't that interesting it's very interesting that's why the sun is out like so late all the time i love that though yeah okay well i haven't seen any content about February 29th or it being a leap year on TikTok. I did see a lot of content about Puxatawney Phil Mm. and uh, what is that called? Groundhog's Day. (laughs) Yeah, Groundhog's Day. There's always content for that where people were saying that Groundhog's Day should be like more of a celebration. And there is a certain city that goes out at it's like, you know, four in the morning and parties when the groundhog decides what he decides if he sees his shadow or not and I thought that's a fun little celebration why not I feel like my family like I feel like boomers are really into Groundhog's Day really yeah like I got emails on Groundhog's Day that were like hey from who my mom no it was texts. oh I was on a text chain with my mom and her sisters and they were texting about the groundhog (laughs) seeing his shadow or not and like about (laughs) spring and I was just like this is some boomer ass content that's coming to my cell phone right now that tracks because I'm basically a boomer so yeah you are you're a boomer son Mm -hmm. silent generation rising Um, what was the other one? Boomer Gen Moon. Alpha. <laughs> You're not Gen Alpha. Yeah, you no. have to, if you want to be Gen Alpha, you have to start saying, yeah. Oh God, I can't. I can't even do it. I get a lot God. of that on the internet. Yeah, I get a lot of Gen Alpha content on TikTok. Yeah. 
The next order of business, uh, we have to pour one out for Flacco, the Eurasian owl. I learned about Flacco on TikTok, and it was a beautiful part of my life because when I would run in Central Park, I would see so many people photographing Flacco. I got a lot of glimpses of Flacco, and it was sort of this fun thing. Like if I was in Central Park, would I see the bird? Would I not? And Ivan texts me just randomly out of the blue. He doesn't say, hi, hello. (laughs) It was also like 11 p.m. (laughs) Yeah. He just says, rip Flacco. It was devastating. Thanks, Ivan. He did that to multiple people, too. (laughs) Not in a group text. You weren't the only person that he texted individually to let them know that Flacco had died. It's also funny because Ivan is the type of person who, like, isn't good at texting. I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. much more... He'll be in a group chat and he'll be the person who's just, like, the ghost in the group chat that'll randomly say something. So the fact that he decided that this was the topic (laughs) that he needed to text everyone about is really telling. Just need to add the way Flacco died. I shouldn't be laughing. It's actually so devastating. Flacco flew into a building on 89th Street. Wow. That glass was just too clean, right? He probably thought he was... Yeah. Yeah. Just flying into the sky. Sad day. Death by one's own doing. Rip Flacco. Rip Flacco. Moving on to Risa Tisa. We talked about her last week and her series who the fuck did i marry it's obviously still been blowing up because it got so much attention so there's more videos about it but i was really interested to see how much money she made if any from Mm. the tiktok series and a creator noah glenn carter kind of breaks it down risa tisa just shared how much money she made for having the most popular tiktok series of all time for those unaware, Risa Tisa is an extremely popular TikToker who made a series that was called Who TF Did I Marry? Now this series had 50 parts and every single part had millions of views with some of them having tens of millions of views. Now this caused many people to calculate just how much Risa made from the series. Some calculations calculated it to be around 80,000 while other people calculated it in the hundreds of thousands. I saw someone claim she made around 400,000 from it. Well Risa also saw all of these videos so she decided to set the record straight according to her when she first posted her video she was not monetized then she got monetized for a very short time but she was kicked out of the creator fund for 30 days because she re-uploaded some of her videos which means that so far she has made zero dollars for having the most popular series in all of tiktok history now when you're kicked out of the creator fund i don't know if you get to keep what you had accumulated before you got kicked out that was unclaimed so she does get to keep that she made a couple of thousand But as far as my knowledge about the creator fund goes, you don't get to keep that. So I believe it still stands at zero dollars. I saw that one video. Also, I'm not going to completely roll back what I said last week about these narratives (laughs) and being careful about like online witch hunts. Mm-hmm. But I I do I am now hip to the Risa Tisa story. I did not watch it because I do not have it's well, a lot of hours. I do yeah. have that much time, but I'm playing a game called Puzzles and Conquests. So <laughs> so I can't, for swag bucks for swag bucks. So I can't dedicate it to um, Risa Tisa. But I did see I watched like a recap video and I saw that one video in that he cites in he said whatever in the no yeah, he cited the TikTok. yeah that he yeah. cited the one TikTok that he cited where the woman said that she had made eighty thousand or so so right. that's shocking that she comes out and it's says like zero no. yeah yeah 
I mean, she is. There's so many people saying, give this woman a Netflix special, give this woman this, that, and the other thing. Like, there is a way she will be monetizing this for sure. Mm -hmm. It's just that is really sad for her for her not to she has a small window of opportunity though like she does she already told the story so it's kind of like are you going to tell the story on a different platform or are they going to give you like a a talk show where you like talk to other people who have a been documentary in, like, deal of... dateline yeah yeah people like agents will come out producers will come after her like she'll she, she could get sponsorships like yeah now's the time to capitalize but just the fact that to not make money off these millions maybe at this point billions of views mm-hmm. is is kind of sad yeah there is another video about Risa Tisa by Mark Sebastian, and he always has the greatest, most funny takes, and this is another one. He decides to hone in on a small detail. Everyone is so gagged at Risa Tisa's ex-husband making fake phone calls. They're like, that's crazy. How could he do that? And I'm going, I don't know, babe. Why don't you ask any person who's ever been to Fashion Week? People in fashion have been making fake phone calls for decades. You see the photos of the people walking out of shows? They're like on the phone. Hold on. There are thousands of photos just like this. They are talking to no one. They do it because they want to look busy. They're like, I don't want them to know that I know I'm being photographed, so I'm gonna look busy on the phone. You're talking to no one. I think that the images that accompany this video are very yeah. good. My favorite was to the two girls walking next to each other, both on the phone. I, I just love Mark Sebastian's content. As we know, he went on the nine-month cruise, mm-hmm. and he's just one of, I would say, one of my favorite creators on the platform. And I did not know this about, you know, I'm not like in the fashion world or knowledgeable about the fashion world or anything. So all the fake phone calls calls. when you're doing street fashion photography, that's amazing. I did know there was a lot of like street fashion photography in China specifically where these like models, they're photographed looking like just like walking down the street, but like they're models and it's very staged. Mm -hmm. So... I guess this is an aspect of these like staged photo shoots is doing fake phone calls. Yeah, I I also thought this was when people were leaving a mm-hmm. fashion event yes. just to show seem they were busy, not let it was a staged photo. It well, just... it's staged in the sense that they know they're going to be photographed. Oh, exactly. And so they're trying like, to like yeah. act unaware. Exactly. They're but trying to act do this all the time too. Yeah. Because they also don't want people coming up to them saying can I take a picture can I have your autograph because maybe people if they see they're on their phone won't actually bother them and I liked his point that the most telling aspect of this is no one talks on the phone everyone's always texting so if you really I mean if I am I talk on the phone yeah but if I'm trying to avoid someone I'm just gonna pretend I'm texting I wouldn't I wouldn't be like oh like have a full fake conversation I would oh just yeah that's i'm trying to avoid eye contact if i'm trying right. to avoid mm-hmm. eye contact i'm just gonna look down at my phone that's hard when you're walking in new york city because i've definitely tried to avoid a lot of people i see like people from high school just will randomly be on the same street as me and i will very much try to avoid them so i'll you know what? i've never pretended to be on the phone i have been on the phone and i've just i've literally just should just look away wow. look the other direction yeah i'm a i'm an avoider there are was, you um well it depends, depends. it yeah. depends on the scenario it depends Ooh, my mood yeah. i would say i'm like fairly antisocial in general i mean That's very social no i'm very social <laughs> but like if i'm at work i very infrequently want to like chat with people i think like i will chat 
but I don't seek out I think there's this idea of like office culture where you're always chatting by the water cooler and I always maybe it's also because I'm like new and I'm not tenured and I'm just like nervous all the time oh oh I'm sorry to hear that that's I'm fine. constantly chatting in the office. That's my own. That's my own problems. That's why I need a therapist. But I've been trying to get one, a new one, for a while, <laughs> so I can talk about why I'm always fake texting on my phone. Um, yeah, I. But I don't do fake phone calls. But I do fake text messages. But not recently. I will say one of my most memorable experiences of me not me ignoring someone, but someone ignoring me was when we were in college and I worked at, um, what was the name of that place? Uh, News Bar. Uh, News Bar, great place. And this girl I went to high school with came in one day and I was like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. She went to college, I think, at like some school in Connecticut or something. She was doing an internship in the city. I think she was like being sent to pick up lunch or coffees or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm friendly to her. We are never friends. If you're already I'm friendly to her, chatting, yeah, then that's whatever. like you can't avoid the person. Yeah. Like you're already talking. And also, di- yeah, right. So it goes fine. I think it's fine. But she's very uh-huh. standoffish. And I was like, oh, what's oh. your internship? And she's like, fashion. And I was like, all right, bitch. of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is where she gets the. I wonder what she's doing these days. But anyway, uh. so that goes fine. Another day, like the next week or later that week, she comes in again. And she sits, I think she had like a to-go order, and she like sat at a table in order to avoid speaking to me. <laughs> That's actually unheard. And I was That's like, crazy. oh my God, you're me. Like there's no reason we That's don't have mean. beef. We yeah. barely, you know, it's if just you've like, say connected. hey, what yeah. is wrong if someone, with you? If someone says hi to me, I'm going to be very friendly and nice, but I want to avoid the initial hi. If it's yeah, like I would, from like high school, I don't want to see. If I were, I also don't really want to talk to you, but if I'm going to yeah. avoid you, I'm just not going to go to where this person works. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> but these bars are so great. She couldn't resist. Well, I'm sure she was being sent there by her employer. Oh, so true. You know, so she had to be there. She, she was had like, to I can't you. possibly have another three second <laughs> conversation with Catalina or I'll simply die (laughs) anyway so I have a grudge towards this woman (laughs) oh well how did we get here well let's move on Catalina your wedding photos were published this has been the talk of the town the talk of the town they're gorgeous you look stunning beautiful there's a lot of hysterical photos specifically Steph Raddick just being in every single photo of mm-hmm. yours mm-hmm. How, what are your thoughts are you was it fun to relive the day yeah it's fun to get the photos I think my mom was very confused because she was like I thought photographers sent you photos that were limited and with watermarks on them or like only let you oh, download back in the day some yeah of them. they would do that yeah and I was like not anymore no this man just was like like, here you go. Here's the whole batch, yeah. And then another friend of mine was like, why are there so many? Like, I thought it was supposed to be more curated. And I oh. was like, and I was like, I mean, I could curate it, but why would I do that? Just like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to obviously print an album or print something. Right, you're going to, you're not going to print every photo. But like, I'm not sitting here making like a Facebook album of curated <laughs> wedding photos for you all just like you if you don't want to look at the duplicates don't cat's wedding part one part, part two, two. 
Oh my god, that reminds me when we did our Italy vacation in college and I uploaded 11 parts of Italy trip to Facebook. Those were the days, man. I know. And the best part is all those photos are just like terrible. You don't even know you're in Italy. You're just like in a dark, smoky room, like making a face, you know, like there's no there's no Italy in these pictures. No, Um, were the days. Yeah, it's so funny to look at photos of yourself that are posed because you can really tell someone like myself is not used to posing mm-hmm. in photos. Same. I think mm-hmm. the photos I like the best are the most natural ones where they're just candids Candace. and like yeah. our bodies are relaxed. There's this series <laughs> where they were having me pose like looking back with my bouquet and I just look like <laughs> someone shoved a butt plug up my butt. <laughs> yeah, we're not the best po- people to pose in photos. We, I, I can't be serious. That's why I made your photographer take a silly picture of us because yeah. I knew that that's my favorite There's some one. very nice photos of you as well oh thank you were you pleased with how you appeared in the photographs some photos I said oh that's okay others I said oh I'm a hideous creature (laughs) (laughs) but you know so I'm self-critical that's also just candids it's just like anytime you're not moving your body one of my favorite um photos from the series is we did a group photo with my friends from home and we lifted Ivan up, but it's as yeah. we're lifting Ivan up and it looks like That's he's funny. like Jesus descending from the cross. <laughs> oh, it's, That's really, a good one. it's really good. Yeah. So this is a perfect segue because I feel like our algorithms, both of them are showing us a lot of wedding content. Always. So you can't get off of it. And for me, it's been recent. I think because like you've been sending me stuff like, I, you know, we're we're of that age. We're, we're women of a certain age. Women of a certain age. Well, so, I worked really hard not to get, as we've talked about on the podcast, I worked really yeah. hard to avoid the wedding content on TikTok specifically but it it still seeps through. Of course. Yeah, exactly. So the first video I got on my algorithm this week about weddings is by the Balkan Barbie. So apparently the newest wedding trend in my area is giant robots. I live in South Jersey and I'm planning a 2026 wedding. There's a thread on the South Jersey brides group. It's like, oh, what do you like regret spending too much money on? What do you not regret spending money on? And people keep bringing up, oh, I'm so happy that I spent money on the robot. And so I'm like, what is the robot? I'm thinking that it's like that 360 degree camera that they do in like, you know, red carpets and stuff. No, they mean an actual robot. Well, it's like a man in like a 10 foot tall robot suit, but like I'm being dead serious. And now, now that I know that they shoot tequila out of their arms, I'm I'm not sure, like, do I need one? Should I be budgeting for that? I feel like I would like to cut corners if that means I would get a giant LED robot, but it is the most aggressively New Jersey thing I've ever seen. Like if I was at bar A, in like 2015 i absolutely would have expected to see a giant tequila robot i need y'all to tell me if this is worth it i need y'all to talk me out of this because i'm literally about to put it into my budget so yeah these giant robot leds are apparently all the rage in jersey weddings i've never been to a wedding with a robot have you so i wanted to text you this but i decided to save it for the podcast this is like old news in latin america (gasps) This is like, yeah, like the robot, the LED robot is like 
all over like Mexican weddings and I had no Latin idea American weddings. Yeah. So I remember very vividly, actually, I was not at this wedding, but in Austin, this guy that I knew married a girl who was like either Mexican or Mexican-American, and they had these robots at their weddings. And this was this was in like their wedding. And I would say this was in like 2013, 2014. So it's not that it's a new thing. It's just that it's newly popular in New Jersey, in New Jersey. (laughs) Exactly. And like a specific demographic in New Jersey. Right. I was very much like lost. I was like, oh, I would never get this until. No, they're until awesome. She said that they shoot shots at people like yeah. shots of alcohol. Yeah. Which what, on my 30th birthday, one of my friends brought a like small water gun that was filled with tequila so she could shoot it in people's mouth. Like, that's just fun. Yeah. I think it's a good time. Traditionally. U.S. American weddings that are I'm not gonna I'm not gonna include Jewish weddings in this. Okay. I'm gonna say like your regulation white American wedding is kind of subdued. Oh yeah, Jewish weddings are not subdued. No, exactly. Right. And I would say like a lot of different like cultural and ethnic groups and whatever w- and would have much more rowdy weddings. Yeah. But a lot of these American weddings are four hours long, hard stop at like 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And there's dancing and there's eating, but some of them don't even dance. There's not this That's like crazy. idea of like yeah, entertainment right. and everything. And so I think this is bleeding out of these other groups that have these like very festive weddings into now New Jersey culture. <laughs> White American New Jersey culture. <laughs> oh, so it's fantastic. not new at all, but is anything ever new? But yeah, it's no. new, it's new to funny. Jersey. <laughs> Right. And I encourage that girl to get it. I would say, yeah, if it's in the budget, yeah, she's got to get it. Well, my cousin works for a movie theater. He's like in marketing for this movie theater in Argentina. And so for his daughter's quinceanera, they had Iron Man. And so for a minute, he was like, do you want me to have like a character come to your wedding? And I was like, yeah, Shrek. (laughs) And honestly, that would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. I know. But I would say I would want a character only if they were serving shots. You only that would be want my a character late night. You don't want a character like roaming around at happy It's hour. like when grandma's gone home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Grandma's gone. <laughs> Shrek comes out. And everyone's like, why is Shrek at your wedding? And you're like, well, why not? I like, Why not? Yeah. Love it. Okay. The next video is by Corey Fay. It's about... Her 30th birthday making these giveaway boxes for people who are attending to go to Morocco for her 30th birthday. Yes, yes. I'm hosting my 30th birthday in Marrakesh, Morocco, and I wanted my invite boxes for my friends to feel like a PR box, so come pack a few of them with me. I found these boxes off of Amazon, and I used a Cricut to print the Meet Me in Marrakesh, the inside, and then their names on the outside. Starting off with a face mask for the flight, loops are one of my favorites. And of course, with a red-eye flight, you can't go wrong with a nice sleeping mask. Morocco's famous for their mint tea, so I put in this sample mint tea from Mem Tea and a little tea glass, as well as some hand sanitizer, Moroccan oil hand cream, and this Moroccan mint tea candle that smells so good. Okay, so this is whatever. This reminded me of my 30th birthday in Austin, where it was just like nothing like this. Obviously, this is extremely over the top and like good for her and her friends who could afford this. Have you seen... this before like I've seen in fact this kind of inspired me for the bachelorette where I was like oh that's so cute like I want to do like a present for the bachelorette 
because I had seen a video of a girl who had gotten her friends for either a bachelorette or something. Like, she was like, I went on AliExpress and bought bucket hats and sunglasses and all this whatever. Right, that's why you but did bucket hats. You need, like, six months of foresight in order to order that <laughs> stuff and get it mailed yeah. from China. And it's also, it really adds up. Like, each specific item is not that expensive. Although in but this girl's, like, some of that stuff was expensive. She's, like, giving them a yeah, candle. Glasses. I was, yeah. like, you get one thing that's $10 for 14 people. That's $140. Yeah. Right? Well, 10 times 14. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just check Good job. Yay, Thank math. You. Okay. But the main thing about this video, I saw it. I said, whatever. It's interesting, intriguing. Okay. The search bar came up was Paris Bachelorette drama. So mm-hmm. I go, oh, I have to click in. I have to see what is the Paris Bachelorette drama. So I click in and I see this video. It's by the user Leo Rising 10. Okay, so this is so sad. Like no one came to this girl's bachelorette, but obviously she shut off the comments because they were probably like, yeah, like you can't expect people to pay to go to Paris to go to your bachelorette. That's super expensive. And like how not self-aware are you to be it, posting I mean, I a video it, about this? It really depends on like your friends your friends, um, socioeconomic standing. People were reacting in such a way that was like, it indicated that there had, there's so much to the story that was missing because I was like, had it been that this girl was just so unaware, like (laughs) unself-aware that, I don't know if I'm using the right word, that's why I'm giggling, Mm. Um, (laughs) that she invited a bunch of people who can't, I'm just, I was imagining a rich influencer, which she is not, Right. Inviting a bunch of friends, and the friends are like, I can't afford this. But there was no explanation, right? You actually don't know why these girls didn't go on The Bachelorette. Right. So you, there's a lot of assumptions that need to be made, but it is just really sad like to admit that none of your friends went on a Bachelorette party. To admit it to all of TikTok seems pretty, pretty sad to me. Sure, this girl must be going through a lot, but like I'd... I'd keep that to myself. <laughs> well, I did some more digging because yeah, I did. needed to yeah, know love more. It. And so first of all, this girl's entire profile seems like aspirational influencer content without the numbers. And I think that a lot okay. of people do this where they post as if they are influencers without really getting a ton of influ- a ton of traction until that's hopefully goal. one sure. day right. it'll hit. And so one aspect in this influencer marketing space is the question and the idea of vulnerability. They're always talking about being vulnerable with your followers and like engaging with your followers and being raw and like whatever. So I think she's trying that, right? But then I realize I get to a video or one of her like most recent videos. I got to go check in on this girl actually. One of her most recent videos and it was like her wedding's off. Yeah. And she got kicked out of her house. Yeah, and it I just was gets like, worse and worse me. for this poor girl. Yeah, yeah, and and then that sheds new light on this whole bachelorette scenario because she calls the ex t- abusive, and it's like maybe her everyone is assuming didn't support the marriage. Yeah. Exactly, everyone is assuming that this is about finances and someone being very unaware, unself, un- what am I? What is the word? Unself aware? Not self aware? Not self aware? Not. I don't know. Hilarious. We get it. We get yeah. it, though. <laughs> um, but actually, it could be about people being disapproving of the relationship and, like, thinking that she was in a bad and, like, toxic and not wanting to celebrate 
this relationship. This marriage? Yeah. Which yeah. is also very sad. <laughs> so it doesn't yeah. stop being sad. <laughs> it doesn't stop being sad for this girl. I hope she's doing better now. It's like good for her for getting out of this abusive relationship. And I guess like I'm glad she's posting on TikTok because obviously like we're talking about it. But it's just it to me it seems I wouldn't do it myself. I also I'm not think, as vulnerable. Right. Also, and not, hopefully I wouldn't be in that position. <laughs> not to be whatever as I am usually, but I think this is a lesson in how people create these narratives on TikTok because mm-hmm. and fully believe them and fully buy into them without having any with only having no contraction of the story because yeah. we went we made it here from this birthday boxes video where everyone's right. you know like flaming the person for being rich basically which is like frequent on tiktok whatever mm-hmm. and on that video you come to believe that this girl had a bachelorette party that was over the top expensive and no one went to it because of that. And everyone is just like reiterating that story, regurgitating that story, spreading that story throughout the platform. When in fact, if you go to the source material, mm-hmm. different story. This is why you have your PhD and you're so good at media consumption. I'm so good at media consumption. I'm giving I you a just compliment. Media just take it every Thank day. You. I no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But you know what I can't do? Figure out what the word unself-aware is. And you also can't multiply 14 by 10. All right. I just want to make sure I didn't make a mistake. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's move on to your algorithm, which also has wedding content. So. Ay, ay, ay. This is, we're going to alienate people with all this wedding content. Anyway. Okay. This is the last one. This is the last one, I promise. I got this video by at Shalem Harrington about a wedding etiquette question. There's this girl going viral on the internet right now because she flew all the way out to Scotland for one of her friend's weddings just to find out that she wasn't invited to eat dinner with all of the other wedding guests. The ceremony's beautiful as expected. And after the ceremony, they remind everybody to go out to this other venue for the reception dinner. When they arrive for the dinner, they notice that there are seating charts at the entrance. So they're looking at the seating chart, trying to find their names on it to figure out where they need to sit. All of a sudden, the security person walks up and asks them, to see their invitation. The security guy lets them know that while they're not invited to the dinner, they can come back in an hour when the dinner's over to come dance and enjoy uh, cocktails. But what do you guys think about this? Is it weird to not invite your guests to dinner? I actually, besides talking about the etiquette aspect of this, think that this is a good example of something you see on TikTok a lot in terms of content creation, which is summarizing on this platform or adapting to this platform, existing, whether it be Reddit threads, like am I the Mm -hmm. asshole threads, whether it be all the blind items websites, or in this, I don't actually really remember where this came from originally, but what I see a lot on TikTok is people who blow up for just gathering and reporting information that already exists. Right. Well, that's what this podcast does, is we're (laughs) curating tiktok content so we're basically it's that's all what we're consuming is wow yeah wow 
just reiterating and summarizing other content. But I guess what... But with our fire takes. With our fire takes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's an interesting aspect of the platform where people will summarize articles or summarize... Oh, I love... I love... By the way, I love those TikToks. Well, you notoriously hate reading. I notoriously hate reading. (laughs) So I will not read a New Yorker article. They're so long. But if someone summarizes it for me on TikTok, like, thank you. I learned a lot. Yeah. TikTok is the calculator of our generation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but anyway, we should... So that's, that's one aspect of this that isn't wedding themed. What was your reaction to the actual story? I'm appalled. Like, if you have people coming to your wedding in Scotland, you need to at least make sure all of them go to a dinner. That is ludicrous. I I just, I can't even imagine the, like, mental gymnastics that got that person there. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's like, I don't even think there's much to talk about because it's just so ridiculous. Yes. All right. What else has been on your algorithm? Okay. So I'm always getting... Well, not always, but I frequently get scam content where people are talking about getting scammed or people trying to scam them and MLMs. So I recently got this video by at Julia Steenland about a rising MLM scheme. Let's do some skincare while I tell you how I got convinced to work for a pyramid scheme and move from Michigan to Nashville. I had just graduated from Michigan State University with a degree in marketing. The marketing job market just sucks. It's hard to get a job. I was applying everywhere. I really, really wanted to move to Nashville. So this little marketing firm had reached out to me and they were like, we like your resume. And I applied. And while I was actually in Vegas for my graduation trip, I got a call from them and they offered me the job. So I moved to Nashville, I'm all settled in my apartment and it's my first day of work. So I go into the office and it was already pretty sketchy. It was like not a finished office, bunch of construction going on. So at first I was like, this is weird. This just graduated little girl looking for a corporate job. I was like, oh, this is, this is normal. This is just probably how it's supposed to be. So I get there and they start teaching these principles of marketing and selling and it was kind of like a like a basic, I guess, introductory day. So I was like, okay, like this is fine. I come back the next day and this is where it gets crazy. Put us into groups with people that had already worked there and they're like, okay, you're gonna go to your stations now. I was like, stations? The head lady goes, yeah, one of you is at Staples, one of you is at Kroger, Publix. I'm like, what do you mean? So I get in my group, and need I remind you, nobody had a car. So I'm the one who had to drive this group to the so-called grocery store, which keep in mind, I don't know why we're going to a grocery store for a marketing job. Get to the grocery store, and the girl leading me takes out a foldable table, sets the table up. We're standing outside the table all day, asking people for donations at a grocery store like literally donations to to like this wildlife fucking see save the planet i don't even know what we were asking people for and it's july in nashville so i'm sweating and i'm like i'm i got scammed i left i went back to the office to the main girl i said may i please have my paperwork back and later that evening i decided to reach out to her and send her an email and i was like this is nothing like you are offering these poor 
post-grad students coming out of college looking for a marketing job eager to start in this field and she, they're just screwing them over and i'm just like here to warn you if you ever feel sketchy about a job think it's a pyramid mlm it probably is just make sure you do your research before i even started this whole thing in my head it was a little too good to be true um, but I just went along with it. Um, and the best part of that entire story is the one day I went into the office, I got a $60 parking ticket because they didn't supply parking. Something that I've noticed about these videos is a lot of them end up, not this video specifically, but a lot of these MLM type videos are people speculating about whether or not they're being human trafficked. Oh, and then whoa, I wasn't actual seeing human, where that went. Mm -hmm, and then actual human trafficking activists are like, this is very harmful. This is wow. like very harmful content because it's making people think. I've never seen think, that. Okay. Mm -hmm, it's making people think that human trafficking comes in this form specifically. Like MLM when form. It's, yeah, or like someone's coming up to you in Target. And I, I wish I had the video on hand of this girl who described exactly this sort of scene of like a so, girl trying to befriend her and talk to her in a target okay but uh, oh we'll so talk about the, we'll talk about this girl's job yeah this but you're different. talking about so this part of the video that you're talking about is she for part of her job was sent to a grocery store mm -hmm. with a folding table to ask for donations and she was so like you, told that it was a marketing job right right, right. so she was like this is not what right. I'm meant to be doing. So you, what you're saying, Catalina, is that a lot of other people's content, when they say they're like set up in a grocery store or Target or whatever mm -hmm. with a folding table and asked to ask people stuff, it's a way for human trafficking. Okay. I, not... I mix, I messed up the story. You're... Okay. Okay. So this is a different person. And this is kind of like you like seeing the different perspectives on TikTok. So yeah. this is a different perspective of this kind of scammy behavior that is happening at box stores uh -huh. that is connected to MLMs. So mm -hmm. in this specific instance, it's a woman who thinks she gets a job that's in marketing and ends up being sent to this box store to talk to people at a folding table and ask for donations. And she is kind of like, what even am I doing? Right. The this is other the side of this is videos that I've gotten that are more like girls talking about how they were inside a target so there's no folding table in this scenario they're inside a target and a girl comes up and starts talking to them and they think they're like making friends and then the girl will be like talking about financial freedom a lot and then they like try oh. to get their phone number oh my god i've never seen any yeah of videos. but then interestingly some of these videos, the people start speculating that it's about human trafficking. And then the whole comment section goes off about how it's human trafficking. But if you dig a little deeper, it's really not, it's, it's MLMs. And so people have this uh, like instinct to be like, it's human trafficking. And so you also find the videos by human trafficking activists who are like, no, no this and is this harmful. is actually like very harmful. I see. Okay. Now that makes yeah. more sense. I also, I wasn't sure how you got to human trafficking. I'm sorry. This girl's <laughs> video, but okay, we got there. There's a lot uh, of jumps, but it all <laughs> comes back together. I actually checked up on uh, this girl because it's a sad story. Like yeah. She was straight out of college. She thought she had this great job. It, what, it turned out to be a scam. And so she quit within the first day. Good for her. But she still had to figure out a way to pay her rent. 
So what ended up happening, she got a job in service at one of the bars or restaurants in Nashville. And she said it was great. She met so many people. And now she does have an actual job in marketing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it wouldn't change it because it brought know, her. It brought her. Yeah. To what, where she is now. So just a, a happy ending there. So I was happy to see that update. I'm also kind of interested in my um, algorithm, why I'm being pushed this type of content and also really a lot of human trafficking content which i don't get any so strange but it's also so strange because you end up i saw one video one time that was like a girl talking about having a zip tie tied to her oh i did see that a while ago yeah yeah this is a while ago and so you're totally convinced by it and then i looked it up and it's like a common sort of like hysteria and it's fake it's not real right but people have this fear around human trafficking and these narratives that they create around human trafficking when there's actually real explanations for these things that are harmful. And that's how you end up in QAnon. Mic drop, period. <laughs> wow. We got from MLMs to human trafficking to QAnon. We love, we love the journey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then in a very different video by at It's Brittany Davila. She talks about corporate American lingo. Hi, my name is Brittany and I used to be a teacher and now am an executive assistant working for people in corporate America. And these are the words that I've learned that I had no idea what they meant until now. And I still kind of don't. I'm just learning as I go and pretending that I knew the word that they're using. Uh, The first one, I did write them down. The first one is ping. Ping means like alert me. Just ping me. Ping me on Friday if I haven't gotten back to you. Uh, massage. Um, still learning this one based on the context of what they're telling me. So like if there's a follow-up and you didn't follow up with this person and it's been like a couple months, you just got to massage it. You just got to massage it. Uh, circulate. Uh, we don't send anything anymore. We circulate it. So I want you to circulate that Zoom calendar invite. Thank you so much. And deck. Uh, there's no such thing as PowerPoints in the corporate world. Everything is a deck. So I need you to send me this deck. So I'm just out here learning, you guys. Okay, Catalina, you're not in a corporate job. You're a professor. You have you work for a university. Do you use this lingo as well, or is this are you learning about this from this video? You don't use it, no. Okay, I do not use it. I am familiar with it, and I think right. that I think that every industry has their vocabulary. Yeah, for sure. But I am familiar with it also because I have one friend in particular who actually Ashley, friend of the pod, had to tell her, please stop talking to me in regular life with corporate lingo. <laughs> Your corporate. <laughs> I can, my, can guess what friend that is. <laughs> Just because she's like so used to speaking that way. That she'll be right, like, it, it bleeds into your everyday language. Yeah. And Ashley was yeah. like, do not say circle back to me. <laughs> yeah, when making plans to go to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Do you use this lingo in your job? I try not to. It's funny. When I went to business school, I definitely heard a lot more of it because I think in more corporate, I work for a small company now, but in more corporate environments, people who went to business school, but like work for hedge funds or banks and finance things, and they use a lot of it. One thing that really bothers me is the word ping. I actually mm. used that today in an email because someone else did. They said, I'll ping them. And I was like, oh, I just already pinged them. What is <laughs> so ping again? Like, remind. Like, I'll reach out. 
Raban, I thought that it had know. to do with like ping because it was like they'll get a notification. Nope. No, no, no. It's just like I'm going to remind you to do something or I'm going to reach out to you. Oh, I don't like that. But I think it does come from BlackBerry maybe because could you send a ping with a BlackBerry? I don't know. I've never had a BlackBerry. We just it use might. words like I'll contact them. <laughs> right. I'll reach out. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I have vehemently refused over the years is to sign my emails with best. Oh, me too. Hate. But hate now that. sometimes I'm like, Ugh. I say sincerely in every email and I'm just like, it's Ew, too much. Why do you do that? That's well, what terrible, else am I going to say? I say thanks. What if I don't want to thank them? What if I'm not thanking too them? Too bad. No, absolutely not. Just do dash, Catalina. That's, th- it is funny to see different professors. <laughs> They're like absurd. Someone Ew, recently wrote to me Catalina. onward. And I was like, oh, okay. I get, I, I've seen that a lot. Yeah. Onward. Onward. All the very best. <laughs> Should I start writing cheers? Oh, people do that. I've seen that. Cheers. <laughs> Remember when like iPhones would, if you, it say like sent from my iPhone and people wouldn't delete that? Like that was so dumb. I mean, it still does that. <laughs> it does? Yeah. Oh. It still says that. Oh, And I, I don't like delete it. The past. They better you know. Stay knowing. That it was sent for your iPhone? Well, wow. like in Outlook, if you're sending something on Outlook from your phone, it'll say something like Outlook Mobile. Yeah, but you could change that. I don't know how to and I do not want to spend the time learning. Wow. 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 We don't see eye to eye on this, I guess. One word that's very much, I think, like entertainment industry, because on set, there's a whole lingo. When you're on walkie talkies, like it's basically a different language, but copy, like copy that. And mm. so it bleeds into emails in the entertainment industry. And then uh, in life, I try not to say it because I hate it. Like if, have you ever heard that? Someone say copy? Like if you had a walkie talkie. Right. But it, in emails, I get, you know, if someone's asking someone to do something, they'll respond, copy. Mm. Now I want to look They're at my just like noted. and see what I've recently received. No. No. I, you know, I, it would take me a minute to think about, like, our specific vocabulary. But I know. Well, sincerely is tragic. I'm sorry. Use. Give me a, let's, people, let me know what I should be signing my emails with that's not sincerely. Thanks. All I'm the not very best saying best thanks. wishes. I'm not thanking these people. <laughs> okay. Das Vadanya. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I say warmly. Ew. <laughs> Ew. I think warmly is worse than sincerely. Because are you warm? You should say coldly. Sincerely is cold, actually. So you should sign off coldly. <laughs> Wishing you the very best. <laughs> Okay, moving on to one of our fave sections. Stitch! 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 Catalina, you've actually been sending me so many of this user's videos for the past few weeks, but we finally have time to talk about her. The user is Tanya, and this stitch is a really good one. It's the user Irene K. Outis. Today, ask your man what's something he's scared of, and if he doesn't say losing. What's something you're scared of? What? What's something you're scared of? What's something I'm scared of? Be honest. <laughs> I love Tanya. She should be a content creator spotlight. This is Stitch slash content creator spotlight. Yeah, true, true. You're right. Because all of her videos are some sort of scenario, and then she's like, I think you should start a fight, which I just, mm-hmm. chef's kiss. Great, yeah. short, punchy, hilarious. But this, 
the response of the Amish, the Amish. is so good. So it's good. Just so unexpected. I love. I know. And it's not like necessarily, I feel like if someone just asked me out of the blue, what am I afraid of? I'd be like, death. You know, like it's not funny. Like the Amish is funny. Right. The yeah. Amish is a funny fear. <laughs> objectively funny. That's an objectively yes. funny fear. I need to remember to do this to Ivan. I need to remember to do it to Ben and then we'll report back. Okay. Perfect. Great. Okay. Well, we have just two little topics left. The first is just we've been seeing, or at least I've been seeing so much content about JLo's new movie on Amazon and how it's ridiculous and like you need to watch it when you're drunk and it's just, this seems like this crazy thing. Also, I watched I kept, it. She paid for it herself. <gasps> I watched, watched it last it? night. No, you didn't. I watched it. I oh watched it last night. You did your homework. I did. Uh, tell us. Everyone that I was with, I think that, okay, how do I even begin? Everyone that I was with was like angrily talking about how bad it was. I was living my best life. It was so okay. bad. You had fun. I mean, I had fun. Some parts were actually very boring. Like some mm. aspects, the songs, boring. The the plot, deranged. There was a plot? I didn't think there was even a plot. I thought it was There's just a plot. music video I yeah. think she thought she was doing like lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no it's <laughs> honestly it's it's really were you drunk or high while watching i was not mm-mm. i had some wine you were sober yeah oh, okay. no i wasn't sober like yeah. i was having some wine but i drank more wine as i watched it because i was like i can't i cannot be enjoying this film it's completely sober completely sober you need to be lubed up my main question is are people I was thinking like this is tacky in such a way that people might be like yes pop off be your most delusional self but my friends disagreed and were like this is so bad it's not even good enough or interesting enough to be considered like camp but I don't necessarily agree I don't agree with them I've been enjoying watching the TikTok clips of it. I'm not going to watch this. Like, I just... It's, it's only just an hour. the cards for me. Oh, it still doesn't sway me. I'd rather just see the clips on TikTok because they're so funny because I like people reacting to them, too. That's I mean, a, just... That's a part of it. Yeah, we have a video by at Nick Guillory talking about the J. Well, he's just laughing, basically. <laughs> that's the thing it's just there's these transitions that just thematically make no sense ben affleck is in it oh that's great oh actually there's so many famous people in it post malone is in it kiki palmer um sofia vergara trevor noah like (laughs) this girl was just like take my money oh jane fonda Oh, wow. And she financed it herself because she was proud of the fact. She's like, no one wants to pay for this, so I'm going to pay for it myself. I I mean, okay. it's pretty evident. Oh, Fat Joe. Oh. Huge okay. role. Wow. Huge role. I love. I recommend okay, it. Okay, still not going to watch it, though. Okay, that's... Well, speaking well, of not watching it, right. I do not watch 
Love is Blind. I know, and I do, and it's so good. Last season, I couldn't get through, like, one episode, but this season, both me and Ben are watching and loving. So, obviously, like, it's on my TikTok, but actually, you sent this TikTok by Cecilia Regina275, and it's talking about the beauty standards in reality TV now. So, she's talking about Love is Blind, and then she shows pictures of the bachelor contestants with the new season of love is blind there's a huge conversation happening about who is the most beautiful but nobody's talking about the elephant in the room which is how much beauty standards have changed this is part of the first season of the bachelor these women are all pretty but they look like ordinary human beings this is the cast of the current season of the bachelor but if you look at their faces they are all extraordinarily beautiful like exceptionally beautiful But even though reality TV was never about reality, it used to be selling you a slice of life. And the change in beauty standards is not just limited to reality TV show. Not too long ago, movie stars were people who looked above average, but not frighteningly so, and who were portrayed as ordinary human beings in movies. Men and women who looked like regular people were once upon a time on the silver screen. And in just the last 15 years, the beauty standard has risen so precipitously and ordinary women are expected to spend as much money and time as movie stars being beautiful. And if you don't obtain that mythical status, men who look like this and wear loafers with no socks will judge you less worthy of love. It's probably a function of late stage capitalism combined with our overconsumption of social media, but how did we get here? I was thinking about this a little bit with, well, I, I guess this video had me thinking about it and then all the other content that I've seen about sort of the like homogenization of Hollywood actors in terms mm-hmm. of the way they look and how a lot of this is different, but period pieces seem weird because the actors do not have unique faces. They just have these like so CW faces. And so I think this is kind of like that. We're just seeing beauty standards and access to forms of beautification that's really making everyone look like a different flavor of of the same. The same. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting because one of the big controversy this season mm-hmm. is there's a girl who said that she looked like Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. Her name's Chelsea Blackwell. And she posted a TikTok about it. This would be a great time for the people who have ever told me that I resembled her to come forward. Please. I'm begging you. So she got a lot of backlash. I actually see the resemblance to her and Megan Fox. Like, it's fine. But it's just funny because people were going real hard for her for saying that. I've seen a lot of discourse about it. And one, I don't know why... I saw it on Facebook because, as you know, I like to open Facebook, see what I'm served. I don't know why see. I'm getting served so much Love is Blind stuff. I don't watch it. but my entire My entire algorithm has been Love is Blind. I know everything about that show right now. But this one person was like, Chelsea was wrong because she intentionally manipulated him because Jimmy. this is a show that's not supposed to be about looks. And she talked about her looks. And I'm like, again – Go touch grass. Yeah, exactly. People <laughs> like, getting so angry. Please get a life. 
Like, why are uh, you writing a manifesto about Love is Blind on the internet right now? I was thinking about what you were talking about in terms of people reading Reddit and then regurgitating things they hear in different formats. So mm-hmm. Ben is now, like, obsessed with the subreddit for Love is Blind. And, like, I'm obviously trying to seek out TikToks about it. So there is this aspect that just make the show more fun because we're all watching this discourse and listening to this discourse, including you, who you don't even watch the show right because it has this life beyond the show it's not just a show it's an event it's not just what you see on the screen it's also about the the memes the the discussion everything that's being produced surrounding that and this was kind of like when we were talking about the grammys where i was like i don't even i was that was the first time i had seen like the source material in so long (laughs) yeah because i haven't seen love is blind but i'm pretty engaged you're in tune in, you know who chelsea is you yeah know who, in the yeah. secondary sources <laughs> exactly well that's a great way to end this lovely episode thank you for listening and please share rate review subscribe Bye.